Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. All right, lovely people, quick episode for Gentleman's World. I'm back on the normal microphone. I say normal microphone. It's the newer of the two microphones that I use. This one is a microphone that's not being used for its intended purpose, but it it sounds so dang good. I just did a recording on Crypto Talk Radio, the sister podcast, and it sounded amazing. And I, I yearned for the olden days of how I used to sound. So I'm back on it. And I'm going to start with a personal tale that happened today and that's going to be my topic today because it went in a weird place so just background right i bought a car and the car is paid for the titles being mailed from my mailhouse to me so i needed to get my what i usually do if i buy a used car because it's used what i usually do is get a mechanic have them check it out do a full tune-up probably even replace certain things just to get a fresh start you know so he comes and he's mobile he has a mobile service out here so they come out and they bring all the parts and everything. Like you wouldn't think you should be able to do a lot of this, but he was fine as is. I didn't do a lot, just regular tune-up stuff. So he comes out, two of the parts, apparently the way that they ordered it didn't fit the car and he doesn't know what happened there. Not a big deal because the parts that were there were fine. One was for the throttle body, one was for the air uh, filter. Everything else was fine. And But during this whole process, I'm watching him and he's like 68 years old, 130 pounds. Like he's he's nothing and he's short. But he's energy, like energy I couldn't believe. I, I didn't sense drugs, but he had energy, unbelievable energy. And of course, I'm nowhere close in age to him. I'm old, but nowhere close to him. And I, you know, I feel it. I feel broken down. I feel like I don't have the same energy. I have energy in terms of the brain and I have energy in terms of the work I do in my endeavors, but I don't have the energy I used to have when I was in my 20s, not even close, because I used to do auto repairs myself on various cars. I actually got yelled at by my father one time because I was doing car maintenance on the car. And here's the thing I had, and I'll tell part of the story of this and I'll talk about this, this guy. So way back when my parents bought an Olds Omega for me to drive to work. Olds Omega. I don't know who's old enough. I'm assuming there's gotta be a couple out there old enough, old enough to no pun intended to remember that car. And I'm pretty sure it was an 80, 82, 81, somewhere around there. Um, but Olds Omega, they bought this car. I forgot where they got it. I think they got it from like an auction or something, a police auction or something. Cream, a horrific looking car. The funny thing about this car, right? You you put the key in, you know, the key is supposed to lock in place. In this one, you could start the car, pull the key out, put it in your pocket and it would just ride. So I already knew, okay, somebody tried to steal this dude. with. Because in the old days, you could use like a screwdriver. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. But the point is, so I got this old Omega and the weird thing with the Omega is it would just randomly shut down, randomly shut down. It would just start and then stop. I actually was driving on the freeway down in San Diego and I was coming back and I'd never forget it. I was about to hit an off ramp and it, it died right on the off ramp. And I eventually took it down to a shop 
And my dad told me to go down to the shop. It's down in Spring Valley. I may have told the story before, but took it down to the shop. They didn't know what was wrong with it. They had it for a long time. They changed all sorts of stuff. Never did figure out what was wrong with it. So later when I started buying my own cars, so I had an old Cutlass Supreme and I bought it myself and I did the car maintenance. And I remember I was changing the O2 sensor. I was changing because I wanted to learn how to do this. Plus I would do, you know, uh, detailing for people's cars. So there was a period of time I would do my own brakes. I would do my own sensors, filters, you know, that kind of stuff and regular maintenance, oil changes and that sort of stuff. And I, in the cars I did myself, I never had an issue whatsoever. In fact, the Geostorm I had, and I forget what year exactly I had it, somewhere around 99, I believe. Geostorm, I did all the maintenance myself. It was partially paid for by an inheritance, as I understand it, but I paid it off. It was my own. And I had put Motor Up, which used to be sold here in the United States. They stopped selling in the United States. They still sell up in Europe. But Motor Up, I had put, I would put Motor Up in every car that I got every single time because Motor Up was awesome. I don't care who says what. It worked. It did exactly what they said. To the point I was driving to work, and I know I told this story, but just to refresh, I was driving to work, and I heard a bing loud underneath the hood, and I just kept going because I got to get to work, right? I pulled off into one of the shopping centers. This is in uh, Rancho, I think Rancho Bernardo or Carmel Mountain, somewhere around there. Pull off into this little strip mall, check under the hood. One of the spark plugs had literally popped out, fired out of the block, and there was like oil spewed all over inside this. But the car had kept going because it had to have happened. I'm going to guess there's probably about a five-minute span where the car just kept driving. So it was driving crippled with only three spark plugs. Now, for the mechanics out there, that might not surprise you. But for somebody like myself, I'm freaking out. But I, at that point, I'm like, okay, this motor up's awesome. A friend of mine then, I had recommended it to him. And I actually did the car maintenance, I believe. I'm pretty sure. We put motor up in his car when I did his oil change. For a different reason, a friend of mine, of ours, was they eloped him and this other girl that was a friend of ours, they eloped and they called me. I remember it was like 11 o'clock at night and my friend, first friend was over at my house and he calls the second friend. Hey, come out here. Come out where? Yeah, we're getting married. Come drive out here. It's like in Santee. What do you mean drive out there? What are you talking about? What do you mean you got married? Yeah, we just got married. Get out here. Get out here. We need witnesses. Like like 11 o'clock at night and they just suddenly made this decision to do this thing and then they decided to call us out of the blue. No warning. We didn't know what was happening. Okay, so... At that time, I didn't have a car. This is, I'm pretty sure this was not, yeah, I don't think I was 18 yet because I'm pretty sure we were still in high school at this time. So we get in his car, it's a Celica, get in his car and we're driving. And all of a sudden I'm looking over at his gauge and his temp gauge is all the way up at the red line. And I'm like, okay, that's probably not good. Hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of concerned because I see the red line and I'm starting to feel some heat too. Okay, that's probably not good either. So this dude, he rolls down the windows, right? And turns on the air conditioner, which is bad, but that's what he, that's what we're doing. So we're driving and this is freeway, but we have to get there fast. So he's like flooring it. We're going like 80 miles an hour. So that's not helping the situation. This thing's redlining like crazy. We get to the street and then we pull off because he finally has a, a break point, pull off and look under the hood, the, the oil, the uh, crankcase, no oil, none. And I'm like, so you're telling me we drove this whole period and it burned off all your oil, but it no, it, you know, it didn't catch fire. It didn't do any of this stuff. That's when I was sold. This motor up business works. I'm like, I'm sold on this business. Anyway, the reason I told that story is I used to do auto maintenance, like on a regular basis when I was in my twenties, it just, for me, it was like, cool. I'll just do my own stuff. Cars started to get more advanced where I, I lost the tolerance for it. I had a Sebring, pretty sure it was the Sebring. 
where they put the freaking oil filter in the back of the engine block where it's like you're, you're pretty much forcing somebody to go completely under the car to be able to change this. And it and just got worse and worse and worse. And this flashbacks, right? So when he's doing the work and he sees that, okay, the, the oil filter's there, there's an access port, but the problem is it's got this little panel there. You got to take it off. There's bolts you got to remove. Like it's nowhere near the same. And yet he just handled it like a, like a boss. He had to change the brakes. We checked the old brakes. The old brakes still had some stuff on it, but apparently they were installed wrong. So all of this that were fighting, and then the oil looked like it had never been changed, hardly at all. When I had test drove the car after I got it, I noticed, okay, there's a little bit of a rough idle. The guy I got it from said, no, it's not deep, deep, deep. And I'm like, look, I've, I've done cars. I know what I'm feeling here. This isn't normal. After he did his work, the mechanic here, he did his work. I had him clean throttle body. People were like, oh, it's a scam. Don't do it. Trust me. Sometimes you need to do it. This one never had it done. It doesn't have to be done frequently, but you should every blue moon, especially if you have symptoms, right? So we do that. We do the spark plugs, complete replace the spark plugs. As I'm looking at the spark plugs he replaced, it's bringing back bad memories of the one that popped out. Does the oil change, cleans everything up, swaps out the brakes and everything, puts them on correctly, points out, yeah, this is installed wrong, this is installed wrong, does this. And then he points out things about the car that weren't documented, things about body damage and that kind of stuff. They didn't affect the drivability of the car any, but it's good for me to know this, right? So he wraps it all up. He takes a test drive, comes back. I already see the idle is way better than what it was. So he did a fantastic job in what he did. Um, there was a lot to it. There's a lot that I was asking just to make sure that the dang thing, because I'm going to be driving this thing across multiple states and I don't know what to expect. I went and took a drive earlier, drove like a brand new car. I was very impressed with the work that he did. And I still had to add two additives because they he normally doesn't do the additives. He just gives you the additives. You add them later. I'm not going to use one of his. He gave me a fuel cleaner that looks like some ghetto brand. It's probably okay, but I don't like that. I use seafoam for the fuel. If you don't know seafoam, seafoam can be put in the crankcase or oil or put in the fuel. The same can be put in either one. You can get a bottle for each if you want. What I did is I instead got the a different engine treatment that I is highly regarded and then use seafoam for the fuel after I get some gas when I burn off. Because I think the gas that's in there is garbage. I talked to him about that. He's like, yeah, you shouldn't. Come on, man. I've been in states where the gas is crap. And so once all that's done, right, I'm satisfied with the service. And he did a fantastic job and he made me feel bad. But on the side, here's the culmination of the story. This guy is probably the definition of conspiracy theorists. He was talking because he was just chatting. He had so much energy. He was chatting about he was talking stories about the, you know, Biden's going to get kicked out of office because of the the classified documents. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, they're going to get him out of there so they can put Kamala in the office. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, you got a point, but I don't think it's going to happen. At this point, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to say, crap, we got Biden for two more years. Let's just deal with it. And then we'll make sure he doesn't run for the next term so we can get him out without making it look like we're getting him out. And he was saying, no, all these people are turning against him. Peter Schiff and all these coming out. He's telling that story. He's talking about how he refused to wear masks when they were trying to force him. He's a mobile freaking mechanic. Like he's always outdoors. He's never inside. He's never, he comes close proximity, but he's not in like group gatherings or any of that kind of stuff. There was really no reason. But I think what they were doing at the time, especially out here, was just telling people just for the customer's comfort and, you know, to put him at ease, go ahead and just do this. And he refused. He flat out refused. And so he went through a period where he wasn't getting any work. And then they tried to make him, you know, stick something in his arm. And he refused that one as well. So then he starts going into cars and he says, 
you know what, gas vehicles, the reason that you're seeing so weird things, because most cars should run, he says, about 130,000 miles. He said he owned a dealership, he owned a body shop, he owned a, all these things, and so he's seen various cars over time, and it was clear he knew his stuff. When he went under that hood, he knew exactly where to go, what to do. He never used a flashlight, which was surprising to me because the lighting is poor in there, but he could touch it. He was by feel. He was very amazing with it. Well, he said, you know, most cars last about 130,000 miles if they're well taken care of. At that point, you're going to start needing to replace stuff, okay? Then he said pretty much gas vehicles. He believes that gas vehicles are purposely being built defective to encourage getting rid of them so that electric vehicles can take over. Now, I've had the same theory. I've had the same theory that I find it mighty funny, like when Ford had that whole recall of all the different Ford vehicles, then they rushed over to, you know, let's get all the SUVs. And then they said, you know, we're getting rid of all our sedans. And GM said, we're going all electric. And all these, the rush, like I was actually trying to find a regular hybrid vehicle. It was a nightmare. The prices are way out of whack for the used inventory. And the new inventory, it's like unheard of. You can't really even find hardly at all like you used to back in the days. So his theory, I'm like, eh, it's got me thinking. And at the same time, he says, well, what I'm seeing here in this car is that basically somebody just didn't take care of it. But if you take care of it, it'll last you a long time, which that I already knew. But it intrigued me. I'm talking about the fact that there, it's kind of this conspiracy to get rid of gas vehicles until they make them defective. They make them break down to get rid of them. There are older cars that you can't find anymore. Uh, the Chrysler Concorde, great example. LeBarons, you know, that you should be able to find used somewhere and you simply can't find them. And so it's like they they slowly but surely get rid of these cars to where you no longer get access to these cars like you used to at one point in time. <laughs> so then he starts to talk about how he goes out and he does service on cars and the cars he'll see that it's clear that the there's like blatant oversight, uh, you know, gaps in the, the mechanisms where the way they place things is designed to make it harder to do maintenance and all this. And then he said the same thing I've said, which is electric doesn't make sense because our grid can barely handle what we already have. So when you're trying to add electric, it's just going to add strain on the grid. Cause if you didn't know a single electric vehicle consumes roughly the equivalent of about 5,000 air conditioners ish. But the thing is you're constantly having to charge it. So because you're constantly having to charge it, the more you put out there, the more strain on the grid. People say, well, we need more mileage, do, 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 like a Tesla. Teslas are outrageously priced. Your layman person is not going to be able to afford it. There are actually updates on the web talking about people living in small apartments. And when I say small, there's actually people who buy small little TV tables, you know, like the TV tray tables, just to be able to put up a mirror so they can, because they don't have a vanity because it's so small. People don't have the money to be able to do these things. And so everything he's talking about, while he is a conspiracy theorist 101, there are certain things that are compelling in the way he presents it as, yes, there probably is something to this and what can you do about it? Not really much. Then he talks about how the you know constitution basically says, you know, you have the right to privacy, but that's moot because the IRS, you have the right to own property, but that's moot because they can just intervene and take your property at will, which is true. And that nothing in the constitution matters. And I think the flaw in his argument is that the constitution that was is not the constitution that is. There's been tons of amendments to that constitution to where it does empower them to do certain things when they, quote, think it's in the best interest of the country. I thought it was an amazing thing, all, all dealing with this guy, who was one of the most amazing mechanics I've ever laid eyes on, better than any me mechanic shop that I've ever gone to, and I've gone to quite a few of them. 
but he did an incredible job. I'm, I'm not really a fan of like the type of oil he used, but that's a picky business. I, there's certain oils I like, there's certain filters I like. So I'm picky there, but yeah, but the work he did was quality. And so it told me that, you know, the people who just want to live, you know, they want to live and just do their job and be left alone like a American, you know, they're in a, they're some of the best people you can ever meet. They can have their, their theories. They can have their conspiracy theories. But the point is they're some of the hardest workers. They're some of the highest quality. And this is a 68 year old man. He had that energy uh, easily three times what I ever have had. <laughs> and you know, he has his beliefs and thoughts and I have to respect it. And meanwhile, it's all about the quality of the work and him getting the job done. He got the job done. Was everything great? Not necessarily because I don't necessarily care for how the card billing works. I understand it, but I don't really care for it. I know he's just working a service and that's feedback I would give to the service. I don't really care for that. Is it a little bit high priced? Eh, a little bit, but I think it was worth it because you don't have to go to a shop and I didn't have to wait in the shop and I didn't have to wait for somebody else's car and I didn't have to watch the tech stand around and do nothing. And I didn't have to be away from my car. You know, obviously at the shop, you can watch through the window, but then that forces you to sit there at the dealership. And meanwhile, you're not getting very much other done. Sure, I can take the laptop, but in what I do, I can't really do that. And my studio is a desktop, so it's not going to go anywhere. So it was convenient to be able to do it from my home and get the stuff done, even though I had to pay a premium for that. And he was quality in the fact that he identified some parts simply were not going to fit and took those charges off. So overall, I think it was a great experience. And what it, it told me is that there really are good people out there that Really, they just want to be able to left alone do their job, just like me. That's how I am. Do, do their job and don't be bothered by people and not be coerced or forced into something against our will. And you realize that, like, he was a throwback to the way things used to be. It was refreshing because I, I remember people used to be that way. It's just about get the work done, focus on my job, be allowed to make a living. And I'm pretty sure that he enjoys what he does and he makes a good living as a result. Uh, overall, I was very pleased with what I got. And I know that if I weren't so darn beaten down, I could have done, just to put it in perspective, I could have done the same maintenance, pretty much everything he did, I could have done myself. And if I had bought the parts myself, it arguably would have been probably about 25% eh, of what I spent. Just to put it in perspective, how much in terms of cost. And I'm okay with it because I was paying for somebody else to do it. I was paying for labor that I don't have the time or physical capability to do anymore like I used to. So I was cool paying that much money for that service, despite the fact that I could have done it myself. Perfectly okay with it. Secondary on this, everybody out there, if you, as I, as I tell the story, right, the moral, the big point of the story is not to tell you that going to a mobile mechanic is the thing, or it's not to tell you that his tinfoil is accurate. It's not even to do anything but to highlight and spotlight when you have somebody that's literally just, just a regular person trying to make a living and they're out there working as hard as they can and you see they're busting their ass, right? They're, hard, they're working as hard as they can. They're not slouching. They're not lazy with it. And they're working, like it's, it's unheard of in today's society. And especially when you have somebody that's that much older than you and they're kicking it like they were 20. It, to me, that's the greatest inspiration you can think of. But it's also an indictment on the modern because the modern, the youthful folks do not work like this guy. They don't. I've gone to situations where the mechanics like in their thirties or something and they're slacking off. They're to doing something on their phone to doing whatever. And they'll drag their feet because they know they get paid by the hour. 
In this case, it didn't matter. It's a flat rate. So everything we knew, what the price is up front, and I was happy to pay it because it was work that I was not physically capable of doing myself. And the convenience of having to come out to me as opposed to going out to a shop, which means I didn't need to be away from home, which meant that I was near all my resources. But I was really inspired seeing that spirit of a worker again. And having after having seen the, the loss of it in younger folks today. And I hope, I, I know it won't happen, but I hope that others will get to that point. Like it was hard for me to even get like delivery drivers to just knock on the door when you drop something off. They won't even do that. Young kids, they won't even do that. And then they get pissed at me because I take the tip. I take their tip because you didn't do what I told you to do. To try to encourage them to do the right thing, you know, like a hamster on a wheel. Doesn't work. But yet this guy comes out and just blows my mind and is above and beyond the call of duty every single time. So my moral, bottom line, I wish we had more people like him. I wish we had more people who are just about their job and they want to just work and they stay out of other people's business. They don't care about what other people are doing. They're just trying to make a living for themselves, enjoy life and help other people out. Kind of like the old days of blacksmiths and whatnot. That's what it felt like. And I wish we could get back to that. And I don't want to hear the story about quote times changed or any of that because it's, it's internal. You choose to do these things. You choose to be that you choose to be this kind of a person to assist others in what it is that they're trying to do and to focus on what you need to do for yourself and stay out of other, people, other people's business. That's all choice. And unfortunately we have a lot of people who don't choose to do that. And I think that's what's contributed to the decline of society as it is on a closing note. Do I think Biden's getting kicked out of office? No, I think they're going to let him go until 2024 and then they'll block him from running. That's what I think will happen because I don't see that they're going to do anything aggressive against the guy. He's already caused enough damage in 2021 and they didn't do anything there. We saw what happened with Hunter Biden, didn't do anything there. We've seen stuff that he said openly, didn't do anything there. And then mainstream media protected him when he was openly saying things where other people got, you know, like Joe Rogan was getting censored. And they defended him there. Like there's this defense around him all because of a hatred of Donald Trump. And then meanwhile, Donald Trump is now getting attacked for other stuff, even though like it's the bottom line, everybody does it. Everybody in politics is scummy. They're all shady. They're all scummy. They're not, they're not your friends. Certainly not. No matter what, that's why I didn't pay too much attention to his conspiracy theory because I already knew it's just government in general. And he did say at a point, no matter who you get in office, and he went back to like Spiral to Agnew as a analogy to what's happening with Biden. I don't know it's a direct parallel. I'm going to check my encyclopedias and just kind of read up on that situation again because I heard about it, but I don't remember the specifics. But when he saw Spiral to Agnew and Joe Biden today, I, I don't know it's a direct parallel. What I can say is that our government is jacked up and they've caused people to be less. We're not holding people accountable to be like him at talking in the work as in focus on your job, get the job done, leave other people alone, don't worry about their business, don't worry about what they will or won't do for their family, just worry about your own stuff, handle your own thing, but still be willing to help other people out. I love the spirit of what he had, and I wish more people were like that, honestly. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. 
For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.